Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast uh, where we talk about restaurants, bars, cocktails, and cool stuff happening in San Diego. I'm Aaron with San Diego Magazine, joined by my co host Troy Johnson, our funny writer, guy, editor at large, all kinds of good stuff. You're working overtime for us this time of the year. It's best restaurants time. It's best of San Diego time. It is my favorite time of the year because then you, you get to eight, well, and a cocktail just got put down right in front of me. I currently have a mojito push pop uh, in my hand. It's basically a frozen delicious treat that reminds you of the 1970s snack that your mom would never let you have. But this one is fancy. It has like real herbs in it that I'm pretty sure are grown very close to where we are. We're at the Westgate Hotel up on mm-hmm. the pool deck. Um, they're sponsoring the podcast today and we are having a great time here. Uh, we have Archie Aram. She is our food editor at the magazine. She edits all the stuff that Troy does. How's it going, Archie? It's going. I have a cheese board in front of me. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. fun. And we've got David Martin, as always, over there who set up this wonderful sponsored podcast for us at the, at the Westgate. You guys can call David if you want us to come hang out at your room rooftop or in your restaurant or bar uh, to sponsor. And Aren't we, those really good? <laughs> David has one of the popsicles. <laughs> they said they were popsicles, right? So these are basically pop- popsicle, uh, cocktail popsicles. Uh, it, there's a uh, mojito and pina colada. What is that? A margarita, I think. Oh, too. that's a margarita. Okay, and, margarita. and a mojito. I'm, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm drinking, eating, deserting on the um, <laughs> mojito, and it's fantastic. They're very cute. It's Especially perfect, for summertime. Perfect poolside thing. We're going to be talking a little bit later about their uh, poolside jazz event series that happens all summer long here at the Westgate uh, and we actually have a, a very wonderful jazz musician here Gilbert Castellanos how's it going Gilbert we're going to have a segment with you coming up in a little bit and hear more about poolside jazz but thanks for joining us thank you for having me and then of course we also have a wonderful special guest um, after that we have Yusef Cherney the founder and master distiller of Cutwater Spirits mm-hmm. we just have so many questions I can't wait for this interview and he helped build Ballast Point right Yes. We're going to just get into all of that. All Very of excited. We have all We have lots of cans lined up here, and we're going to just get the story behind all of that and get to know uh, Yusef in a little bit. But we always start the show with hot plates, uh, restaurant openings and closings around town. So take it away, Archie. Tell us what's new. We have a reopening in Barrio Logan, El Carrito. Um, that's a historic streetcar um, restaurant. So it was used as a streetcar back in the 1930s, um, and now it's been repurposed into a restaurant. And the new owners behind it, they also do that very cute coffee shop, Por Vida, mm-hmm. um, on Logan Avenue. They have lots of art and giftables and very community-centric place. They're, they help sort of revitalize Logan Avenue alongside, mm-hmm. um, what's the taco place? Salud. Mm-hmm. And mm. yeah, lo- lo- Logan Avenue is a very fun place these days. Um, so right now they're just doing breakfast and lunch, and the menu is classic menu Mexican dishes. But they're doing five types of chilaquiles, which I thought sounds delicious. Yum. Breakfast nachos. Mm-hmm. I saw this on Voice That's of San Diego, okay. right? They yep. have the story on there. Yep. Okay, well we'll make sure to link to that so you guys can see it. Uh, what else? What about more? Oh, there's more Mexican food. More Mexican food, because why not? Um, this time we're in North Park. So if I'm saying this right, El Tianguis. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. No say. <laughs> No, no say. <laughs> <laughs> Has opened on El Cajon across from the Hart and Trotter Butcher Shop, sort of around Utah, um, Idaho, very close to David's neck of the woods, so he's going to go taste test it for me. Um, they specialize in taquitos, so their whole thing is rolled tacos. And it's very simple. There's four options. There's a beef, chicken, potato, and there's also a lentil option for the vegans out there. I love the fact, there's two things I love about this. I love the fact that rolled tacos are coming back because oh, yeah. as you know, a gringo growing up in San Diego in the, in the 1970s, that was my introduction to Mexican food, you know? Mm. I mean, you would get those frozen taquitos, you know, the little bullets of Mexican food. Or I would go down to Roberto's and get three rolled tacos. Okay, with but did yeah. you ever get the more Adidas at El Indio with like the nacho cheese sauce on oh, them. They would cut them up into yeah. little one inch chunks Ooh, and yum. then put them on a plastic plate and then drown them with like nacho cheese sauce, oh, which is in high beautiful. school. I feel like I lived on that. That was like my 
yeah. thing. So I think it's terrible. I think I think that it's terrible. That taquito needs its its culinary, its gourmet moment, you know. And I th- yeah. I think that it's finally getting the the um, respect that it deserves. It's been the Rodney Dangerfield of Mexic Mexican food for a long time. Again with know? the metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> so just give it a little bit of respect. And I love the fact that they're doing a vegan option too. I mean, you see this in every restaurant now. I mean, uh, it used to be a very um, remote or rare thing where somebody would pay attention to the vegetarians and vegans. And now if you're opening a restaurant, you need to have a vegan option, period. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else, Archie? Trying? So we're going Let up to Carlsbad. So that food hall was announced. We talked about it before. The Windmill Food Hall. Um, you know, that old windmill building by the outlets. In Carlsbad, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's expected to open late summer, and they've named some of their vendors. So Cross Street Chicken and Beer, they're on Convoy originally. Doughballs Pizza, Rolled Up Sushi Burritos, Bread and Cheese, which is all about grilled cheese sandwiches, and Bing House Rolled Ice Cream, also on Convoy originally. Really cool ice cream shop. I love that place. And the whole guy behind this project is James Markham. He did Project Pie, and he's behind Doughballs, so he's the one spearheading this whole project. So that's coming late summer, they say. We'll see. see you in December. See you in 2019. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being negative. No, I I hope it opens soon. That That'll seems be so cool. really soon, though. That seems very soon. It, it is very soon. I mean, you know, every every single... And it's funny, restaurateurs that I've spoken with that have opened multiple um, restaurants always say the same thing. They're like, well, we're planning on opening in August, you know, so I will see you in November. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it, you know? Because well, just apparently that Little Italy food hall is, like, really opening in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So... Great. I guess Good things are possible. I know. Isn't uh, Allison Witt our, our restaurant? Yeah. Uh, the woman who redesigned our beautiful office is behind the Carlsbad um, Windmill Food Hall, too. She's designing that. She actually gave me the, the scoop on it originally. So thank you, Allison. Nice. So cool. Okay, you guys, that was Hot Plates. Uh, Archana keeps the Hot Plates column in San Diego Magazine every month. So make sure you subscribe uh, or check your issues or buy it at Vons or Whole Foods or uh, Sprouts. And then Troy also has a blog at SanDiegoMagazine.com where he keeps this kind of newsy stuff in between print issues. So make sure you check that as well. Uh, We are moving on to talk to our wonderful sponsor, The Westgate, and representing the Summer Jazz Series, we have Gilbert Castellanos. I'm going to read everybody your bio because it's very impressive. Uh, You are the leading top call jazz musician, band leader, composer, producer, and educator in the San Diego and international circuit. You curate the talent for the annual Sunset Poolside Jazz Series here at the Westgate Hotel up on the pool deck, and you perform every Friday night at the Plaza Bar, also here at the Westgate. Um, You've played with jazz jazz legends, including Dizzy Gillespie, George Benson, Diana Krall, Al Jarreau, uh, Wynton Marsalis, Branford Marsalis, Liza Minnelli, and Natalie Cole, just to name a few. You're going to be here at the Sunset Poolside Jazz Series on August 30th. Thank you for joining us. You sure you have the right bio? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you how shouldn't, mu- how shouldn't much question it. <laughs> Don't question it. Someone gave it to me. A publicist handed it to me. So. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, can I just give a personal a personal bio of Gilbert Castellanos? I covered music for the first 15 years of my career here in San Diego. And, uh, you know, we San Diego didn't have a great jazz um, scene, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, I mean, my um, best friend's father owned the one of the original jazz clubs in San Diego. It was called the Crossroads in downtown. And that was a place where a lot of the jazz musicians cut their teeth you know and gilbert was our 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 shining star of the jazz scene a the man can just play his instrument so well but i mean it was basically like oh my god now gilbert's playing with diana crawl now he's playing with marsalis now it's like i mean we got to watch him basically you know evolve and and go on to the national stage and i mean really an icon living in san diego thank you troy that's it all right now do you feel weird (laughs) i do (laughs) 
tell us about what it's like to curate music to go with a sunset poolside program here. We've tasted all this beautiful food. We have octopus carpaccio and great ceviche and these, you know, these really great little spiked um, popsicles. So what's it like to curate the music to go with this food experience? Oh, well, just take a look at the view. It's incredible. Um, and the music's just the soundtrack for that. Uh, this is the fourth year of our season, and it's just been going great. Uh, we bring not only local artists in, but we also bring musicians from Los Angeles to partake in this incredible series. And uh, for me, it's just an honor to, to, to be involved with the Westgate and to see the music scene starting to just flourish in a big way here. Now, see, I love it because, I mean, we lost, you know, Dizzy's. We lost, yeah. you know, we lost a lot Crochies. of... Crochies. we lost. You know, I mean, there's a, when I was just talking to this, my, my girlfriend's from Brooklyn. There's a lot of jazz in, in New York. And she was like, where can we go see jazz in San Diego? I was like, oh, man, I don't know because yeah. I'd forgotten about the Westgate. And I'd forgotten right. about you here. So, I mean, we really don't have a place we can really go see jazz. And jazz is great to watch, man. I mean, it's just great to like, especially, and it just kind of goes with what you're doing for the night, too. You can have a restaurant. You can have a conversation. You can have dinner. You can have drinks, you know. It's not like going in front of like a big rock band where you're just like, you have to just stand there <laughs> right, and watch yeah. the entire time. And this is a very, like you said, this is a very unique setting. So the rooftop pool deck at the Westgate, it's not at the very top of the Westgate. It's on the fourth floor, third or fourth floor. So, but you're right in the middle of downtown. So it's this really unique view where you're definitely up on a rooftop, but then you're surrounded by all of the, you know, the other buildings and architecture and right, stuff downtown. Yeah. It really does feel sort of like you're in a big cosmopolitan city when you're up on the roof here. So jazz kind of lends itself yeah, to that. Yeah, it sure does. As a matter of fact, we are sitting exactly where the stage is where they put the stage for the concert so we're squatting uh, on your spot yeah this okay. is this is my 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 neck of the woods right here <laughs> but uh it's just been we had our first one last week and it was an incredible turnout and i'm sure it's just going to get uh, uh more popular d during the summer so and i'm told you have um uh, some favorite up-and-coming artists that we shouldn't miss at this summer's series when can you give us a couple yeah well we have erica davies here uh this coming up thursday or yeah this thursday night so she's gonna be here and then we have Tell um, for people who don't know erica davies is erica davies is an incredible um she started off being a singer songwriter and now she's evolved in the, into this incredible jazz musician and not only is she um very talented in in that uh field but she's also an actress hey, so what, what, she, what has she been in uh, she's been doing some independent movies that I have not yet seen. What about, we'll keep on going with your list. I want to hear a few well, more. Well, I, I discovered Erica through Gregory Page. That's when I first heard her. So uh, that's so she's going to be here next week. We also have um, Irving Flores, who's an incredible Afro-Cuban pianist that uh, migrated here from Mexico City. Nice. And, and he's here now, and he's really adding a lot to our San Diego music scene. Uh, he's an incredible composer, arranger, um, and so that's going to be a big deal. We have Coral Tuit McPherson, who is an incredible singer. Um, she's going to be here. Um, she sang the national anthem for one of the big soccer games in, in Mexico not too long ago. Wasn't there a McPherson that was in jazz in San Diego? Charles McPherson. Charles McPherson. Plays with, plays with, played with Mingus, right? He played with Mingus, yeah. Okay. You know your stuff. All yeah, right, all right, yeah. Is it and he's still, uh, no. Okay, no. just kidding. Before food, music was choice food. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. food, this was your <laughs> thing. <laughs> Well, we want to thank the Westgate so much for sponsoring the podcast today. And I want to remind you guys all that the Sunset Poolside Jazz Series at the Westgate happens uh, on Thursdays all summer long from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. That's June 7th through September 13th. Uh, there's craft cocktails and beer, gourmet tapas and delicacies. We've tasted some of the food here today. It's really great. And if you go to SanDiegoMagazine.com, we will link you to the full schedule so that you can pick your night. 
uh, that you want to come down. Thank you so much yeah. for joining I'm, us. I'm, I'm not done. Me. Can I? I'm not done with him. Can I? Can I get continue going? What's going on? Sure. Okay. Wait, real real quick. I just want to know all those people that she mentioned. You know that you played with. What is the one record that or like you know, album CD? If somebody wanted to go hear what you've done, obviously you have your own CDs, your right. own album. But if they, I want to hear like one of the play, the pieces that you played on, whether Marsalis or whatever. Uh, I would probably say the Diana Crawl from this moment on recording and Michael Bublé's um, premiere or his um, debut album that I'm on that I have a few solos on. Okay. All right. I'm done pumping him up, but this guy is an icon here. I mean, thank Thanks, you so guys. much for thank coming for down, brother. Me. Thank you. Right on. Come out on a Thursday. Okay. We are thrilled to welcome Yusef Cherney. Uh, Another guest that we have really wanted to have on our podcast for uh, quite a long time. How long have we been working on scheduling this one, Archana? A while. Well, I've thought about it for a long, long time. But yes. then last week, the edit team at San Diego Magazine went to tour the Cutwater Spirits facility in Miramar. And we had lunch there and we drank and we put on our cool glasses to tour the facility. And it was so fun. And I just, Yusuf talking about his story, I thought, let's get you on ASAP. And you cornered Perfect. him? I cornered him. Well, via email. And his <laughs> publicist. Yusuf <laughs> is the founder and master distiller of Cutwater Spirits and former head brewer and COO of Ballast Point Brewing and Spirits. Uh, UC San Diego grad. And you've been in the brewing and spirits industry for over 26 years, and previously you worked at Home Brew Mart. Um, you're also the lead instructor for the UCSD Extension Certificate of Brewing Program. Very cool, and welcome. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. Thanks. Glad to be here. How'd you get into beer, bro? Uh, God, that's, it's a hard one, but it's it stems back from, from home brewing. So basically, uh, I think a friend of mine kind of showed me that he had this bottle of beer that he made himself, and... Uh, I was freaked out. I was like, what do you mean you make your own beer? This, that, that's impossible. And uh, I don't even know if I drank it. I think I was that scared. I, I didn't drink it. But what it did yeah, is... I, it, I don't it, trust that. Yeah. But uh, it started me on a kind of a quest to, to start learning more about it. Um, my friends and I were like, we were kind of the original uh, beer geeks who would sit down with a ledger and kind of grade beers, kind of like, you know, modern day beer advocate. This is pre-internet stuff. Yeah, like the first fantasy baseball guys who did it by the newspaper. Right. And the, the reason wasn't so we could critique it to the public. It was so we wouldn't buy the same crappy beer twice, you know. So we could look at the ledger and go, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a drain pour, so let's not buy that again. But there used to be a place called... Um, Wait, God, that was a drain pour? Yeah, that, that's a... That's what so you call term, it bad yeah. beer? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm using that for now. Yeah. The, there was a place called Liquor Barn. It was kind of like the predecessor to BevMo. Huh. And uh, we'd go there, load up a shopping cart full of beer, kind of split the costs, and then go home and just sit down with our ledger and critique them all. And uh, that same group of folks got into the home brewing scene. And uh, when I jump into something, I tend to go kind of crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So I, I want to learn everything there is to know about it. You know, do it at the highest level I can, and um, I, you know, went from uh, actually doing the same thing with jewelry. I was I was going to college and helping out the the bills with uh, selling jewelry and learning how to make it. And UCSD actually had a program there in the craft center, and that's actually where the beer kind of came in. And uh, the the guy who started the program there at the craft center, Ron Carlson, he actually wanted to teach a brewing program. So he said, hey, I, I heard you make your own beer. Can you teach? And I, and I was a student at UCSD. Yeah. And I was, yeah, scared to do it. Uh, but it, it kind of made me dive in head first and really learn as much as I could because the people that were taking the class were also fellow UCSD students and maybe microbiology majors and chemists and stuff. Mm. Uh, so it really kind of forced me because I'd 
to learn more because I didn't want to feel stupid as as somebody asks you a question and you kind of stumble. So I really tried to learn as much as I could and that that propelled me into uh, wanting to look into it as a career and I um, you know was on the path to go to law school after graduating from UCSD and end up meeting Jack White who had just opened Homebrew Mart about a, a month before I went into a store and that what year was that that was 92 92 okay yeah. so we think I mean you went from you know designing jewelry to designing the biggest jewel of San Diego's craft <laughs> beer scene that got Crazy. bought bought out recently for 27 billion dollars <laughs> uh, just one it was one <laughs> billion I don't care we one. were like my mouth is still not off the floor after I mean I, I can't believe it. a billion I mean, yeah, I mean so so tell me, walk me through that. I mean, how when you met Jack White, obviously mm-hmm. Homebrew Mart was basically the epicenter of all of our craft beer scene. Almost, you know, that was where a lot of like Stone um, Greg was there, and there was there was a lot of uh, early um, kind of forerunners in the industry would come in to buy homebrew kits and talk to us, and you know that was '92, and the the brewery actually Ballast Point didn't start until '96. 95 96 is when you start seeing stone and ale smith and mm-hmm. you know those early early guys and you know when i when i ended up going in and meeting jack and uh asking him for a job effectively right out of college and getting getting the job you know you can imagine how stoked my parents were to to know i was bringing home 375 an hour <laughs> instead of and, and washing my plans to go to law school so it was With like your ucsd degree yeah that's awesome i'm glad we i'm glad we spent you know that that time at UCSD for this, but uh, lucky enough, you know they they were able to see some success and uh, you know everything that we were able to do with the brand and ultimately the sale. Uh, so I mean, you are responsible for one of I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're responsible for one of the most famous beers that's ever come out of San Diego, Sculpin. Actually, no, it wasn't me. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> so okay, he goes, not it, not it, not, not it, it, not it. Not so it. The, the funny thing is, is that uh, the the core beers that we had at the beginning um, back in the early '90s were the the beers that we developed um it was basically me and jack and uh his other partner pete at the time and those were the core brands which were uh mm. at that time yellowtail big eye uh black marlin calico amber ale okay um and belt and the wahoo which was the belgian wit and after that a core group of brands i kind of moved out of the day-to-day uh, recipe formulation we had a team of specialty brewers and home brewers that were working on recipes all the time. Um, and I got more into the engineering aspect and the, uh, the new equipment acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I was off traveling, you know, going to Germany to find new brew houses and different pieces of equipment. And uh, Sculpin was actually born out of a collaboration with uh, two of the homebrew uh, guys that worked at Homebrew Mart and then Colby. So it was Colby, George, and Doug. Those were the three guys. And uh, they they made a, a monster it was it wasn't necessarily that it was called sculpin i think it was just a new style that no one had really seen yet which was a a very easy drinking lighter bodied ipa with a crisp finish you know mm-hmm. and uh it it just hit a chord and then we were we were lucky enough to be able to have the wherewithal to kind of ride that popularity install more equipment install more tanks ramp up capacity uh to feed to feed the need uh, for that brand 
And uh, yeah, it was. It was I mean, just how crazy was that? I mean, you obviously all, all of Ballast Point, and we will get on to your next venture for sure. But you just you also you happen to create one of the biggest craft mm-hmm. beer titans in 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 the world. <laughs> you know, so I want to cover this. But I mean, how big was it? You guys had a great roster, like you said, those original beers. But I mean, Sculpin just took off. I and mean, could you even keep up? I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah, that was the. I think that was the key to the success. We you know we we saw that brand was was taking off and. A lot of breweries wouldn't have the ability to react, and you just kind of, you know, slowly maybe put some new tanks in, and mm-hmm. we really jumped on it. And uh, we had a, a new president who took over, and he just had this vision, and he had it was like a coach with a plan. Like mm-hmm. we were just kind of, you know, mom and popping it for, like, lack of a better term. You know, we were we were just running it. You know, okay, well, we have a little bit of extra money. What should we, you know? Should we put it here? And uh, our president Jim came in with this clear vision and a, with a business plan in mind, and he said, "You know, we're we're off to win it here, and uh, that's that's where you know all the new equipment that came in, and um, we were able to make it so it wasn't. It used to be a product where you literally have to, you know, you might run out of Sculpin because we couldn't make enough of it. And right. bars, right, the last that. thing you want is a bar to run out of your product because they'll just replace you with somebody else. Well, right. it wasn't it a big thing that Constellation, mm-hmm. sort of the potential for that particular beer was what was very attractive in terms of taking it nationally and internationally, right? I mean, that was a really popular... Yeah, I mean, with any big acquisition, the idea is going to be that, that you can take an already existing brand and, and make it bigger. I mean, they've, they've done it with... Uh, they own tequila companies, they own wineries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so any... You know, they they have to see that there's not only the market for it now, but there's the vision that with their distribution uh, and their, you know, infrastructure, they can make it bigger than than we could have. And what's a six pack of Sculpin go for now? Like at I Whole Foods or Trader Joe's? I mean, usually it's about 15 bucks. I would say 14 yeah. or 15. So yeah. like when you started it way back in the 90s, I mean, did you ever think that you'd be selling $15 six packs? Uh, I did not envision any of this. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of people, you know, when we built out the facility at Miramar and to go in and see these, you know, enormous copper kettles that I was lucky enough to find in Germany and bring over. I mean, I I worshipped companies like Sierra Nevada and, and Anchor Steam and these people that came before me as, as gods, you know, to me. And to have that similar brew house sitting in front of the the glass window there for people who come into to our facility was was amazing to me and uh actually standing in front of that brew house when we first commissioned it here in, in miramar um and doing the first beer on it and remembering that i stood in you know right between those same kettles in germany brewing the last beer on the system um mm-hmm. you know brought a tear to my eye i mean it's it's yeah. amazing so yeah, it's it. I couldn't. I couldn't have envisioned it. So that so as you're bringing in all this, uh, you know, new technology, new equipment, and everything else, you were one of the first. And I, I, I don't want to overstate it, but I, to me, it seemed like you were one of the first to really do um, spirits. Yeah, so you started doing. It was Jack like, yeah, whatever. It's a little project, or we, did you guys know that you were, it was going to take off because you started doing spirits at Ballast and it started really working. Yeah, the the spirits company there. It was basically. Um, we wanted to be the first or first distillery uh, in San Diego since Prohibition, so we're still claiming that uh, because no one's said otherwise. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no one came out and raised their hand. I was like, yeah. no, 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 we actually we're over here. Right. So um, yeah, that was you know that was a big push for us to to become the first distillery here, and uh, Jack 
kind of came to me and said, "Hey, I I see the vision. I I want to I I totally want this to happen, but we need to focus on the brewery. So if mm-hmm. you think you can do it, you, if you think you can do the distillery, and keep focus here, if you want to um, work ninety seven hours yeah, a week, right? And he said, and your budget is this, and he kind of gave me a, an amount which was uh, not not no. not <laughs> yeah not a lot. <laughs> so we essentially transformed a um, the little break room that we had in the brewery, and I said. I'll give up part of my office to uh, swap out for a break room for the guys. And you got to get a break room can. You got to name yeah, something the break room. Right. Yeah, yeah, great call. So we we ended up uh, putting a little uh, distillery in there. The equipment was actually a fr- me and a friend built uh, from scraps that we had kind of laying around. And uh, the first year out, we ended up winning a gold medal at the American Distillers Institute for our whiskey. And uh, and that's the, devil. No, what is, what is the that? devil share? Yeah, devil share. Why do I remember Bloody Mary mixes being the early one, or the Bloody Mary? Was that early? Yeah, I remember we, that was when everyone started being like, "Have you tried that? Have you tried that? Yeah, it's so the, good." The Bloody Mary mix was definitely tied at that same period. We've we've had that for years, and um, you know, we we to to kind of bring up an old motto: we we make things that we like to drink. Mm-hmm. So you know, whether it's beer or spirits or mixers, we're we're making these things because we want to drink them. You know, Bloody Mary for us. Uh, when I used to go to my friends, I'd bring a bottle of, you know, some type of tomato, you know, uh, juice, and then the Worcestershire and the salt and the pepper and the, you know, horseradish and all the ingredients. And then I'd leave it all at my friend's house and I'd be like, that cost me like 50 bucks, you know? (laughs) So I, I would, I ended up, uh, getting together with some folks and we, we put together this recipe for the Bloody Mary mix, which was all encompassing. Like you don't need to add anything. Maybe a lime that's it yeah and uh it it's really hit home i think with a lot of folks who they're like wow this is the first bloody mary mix i've ever tried that i can literally just add vodka don't you remember that when that came out i remember oh, everybody yeah. was talking about that so it was like have you tried it have you tried and it? what year was that okay so i mean you, san diego did not have any distilleries did not have any you know like um independent you know spirits no. makers yeah the the so the spirits was probably i want to say between 10 and 11 years um okay. the bloody mary was at about Right about seven years ago. Okay. So. All right. So you, you put this th- thing in the market. I mean, did you did you know? I mean, obviously, you guys had were already having a massive success with Ballast Point. You know, did you know that you were going to have it, it, because you had that footprint into um, distributors? You know, you know, Bevmo, um, all all the the restaurants. Did you know that they would take your spirits too? Definitely helps. I mean, uh, our head of sales, um, you know, from Ballast ended up moving over to us with Cutwater. Um, and Earl is uh, definitely a relationship guy, so when when he talks to a distributor or a you know an, an on or off premise account, he's he he has those friendships already built. And some distributors are beer only, but a lot of them actually do beer and spirits. So to have a good relationship with distributors definitely helps us out. So let's bring it up to to modern times. You you get sold. Bow's Point gets sold for a billion dollars. Um, Crazy. I mean, that day, I mean, did you already have, at that point in time, did you already know that you were going to take this um, Spirits um, and move it on to be its own company? Or I, which shocks me, is that, and, and obviously, speak to this how you want, and you can do your lawyer speak, whoever, however it is. But I mean, shocks me that Constellation did not buy the Spirits aspect of it all. Yeah, the the strange thing is, is that, you know, when we were, when the sale was announced, uh, the day of, I actually have a Facebook post, and I was lowering a uh, 25-foot diameter stainless steel vessel through the ceiling of Ballast Point. It was a 
one of our new uh, equipment f- to uh, upsize the brewery there. But at the same time, we were already building the new facility, which was going to be Ballast Point Spirits. So the building that we have now, Cutwater, um, that was actually going to be Ballast Point Spirits. And I had already ordered, um, you know, a giant 35-foot column distillation uh, equipment from Kentucky, the guys out of Vendome. I'd already, we'd already started trenching the floors and everything. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, well, they're not going to take that building. And now we have to rebrand as Cutwater and we'll pine you know keep it going we'll we'll start the new journey essentially and uh that was you know a monumental moment in my life of of seeing you know as jack puts it uh one kid go to college and then a new kid getting born that day you know so it it and the the other way i kind of describe it is you know we were handed basically a car with a motor and a transmission and it was missing tires you know we so we just kind of changed a couple things around our our brands were already established our whiskey was already in barrels um our recipes were already there so we just needed to do a little bit of rebranding and and that's when cutwater came on the scene as the name Mm -hmm. right what did what did that come from is there anything to the name yeah jack uh came up with it you know we were kicking around uh nautical names and cutwater uh is a couple things it's the bow of a ship kind of plowing Mm -hmm. forward through the water so it's cutting the water but it's also considered the the bow of a ship, but it's also a bird. So if you look at the logo that we have, um, it's a cutwater bird that's swe- swooping down, and as they try to pick off a little fish out of the water, they they create a V in the water, and that's also cutwater. And black skimmer is the name of one of our whiskeys, and that's an actual specific cutwater bird. So, a diff- bunch of different me- meanings. Uh, the the most literal one is everything we make comes off a still at very high proof. So we have to bring that proof down to sell it at the cut, cut it with water. There you go. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's well, uh, and just in case anybody doesn't know, tell them what Ballast Point is and what that name comes from. I don't remember. Isn't no. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ballast Point's actually a, a local point uh, right off the sub base here. Uh, it's the entrance to San Diego Harbor. Basically the tip of and Point Loma kind of tip on Tip of that. Point Loma and Ballast is a rock and they used to, uh, the ships would come in They'd uh, load up or offload the ships and then load them back with ballast to to make sure the ship was balanced. All right. So Cutwater Spirits, obviously. So when you we redo uh, Cutwater Spirits, we're sitting here looking at you have canned cocktails that you put in and you basically have come up with a recipe and done. How many do you have now? There's 14 uh, total individual brands. And I noticed that you were drinking the high, the whiskey highball. I'm so a big, big whiskey fan, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'll, I'll go through phases, you know, where different ones will become my favorite. Uh, we just started doing the tequila. Uh, I had varieties. that one. The lime margarita was very good. Margarita. We've got a Paloma as well, which is a grapefruit soda version. Um, mm-hmm. I just got back from Mexico. So, you know, I, I've had a little tequila over the last few days. So I'm <laughs> switching back to, to whiskey. <laughs> How are you, tell I mean, you went down to Mexico. Were you actually doing some R&D for the, or were you just messing uh, around? This, this one was just a little mess around. I've been down uh, to the uh, Jalisco region um, six times in the last year to work out all the tequila logistics. And uh, that was an amazing learning experience. I think, uh, I think the amount of, of, knowledge that you gain by visiting the distilleries in 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 you know actually in that are making the stuff is is huge that's why we try to get people to our dis- distillery to go on a tour and mm-hmm. you know once you see actually the process and where things are being made it kind of makes more sense you know to, yeah. to, to you and the thing that um, that really i i think 
a lot of people don't understand what separates our canned cocktails from a lot of other things they've had in the in the market is we actually use real spirits so mm-hmm. and people go yeah of course you nope. know these 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 other drinks ha- are made by say it's a vodka company of course that's vodka going in i just had actually had this conversation with a friend of mine and i said actually it's made from ferment- fermented malt so it's if malt you, liquor is I yeah, mean, so like the wine coolers back in the 80s it was not wine it was it was malt beverage so they call them fmbs for short fermented malt beverages and uh so you always wondered like why don't these taste like a real cocktail and then so we went ahead and uh kind of pioneered this this road to putting actual spirits that we make in-house into sodas that we make in-house and uh making them classic drinks you know it's not if it's a whiskey highball it's not it's just soda water and and whiskey we got a little mint in there but very subtle like it's you know so they're traditional cocktails that you'd expect to get at a bar um the ABV ranges from about five all the way up to uh, 12 and a half. Uh, so they're, you know, because of the volume, they're 12 ounce cans, like a normal beer can. Uh, you might not want a traditional, like, uh, high ABV, like you might expect in like a Manhattan to be in a 12 ounce can. But, or you might, <laughs> yeah, or you might. But the, you know, the gin and tonic at 6.2%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very sessionable. It's, you know. The term, uh, which I'll rip off from the beer guys that everyone's throwing around right now, is crushable. Mm-hmm. They're very crushable. Exactly. Okay. So, and there's, and there's, you know, a lot of people will say, "Well, is this for people that don't like beer?" And what we've always, our motto has always been, "We're cross drinkers. We we drink and cross drinkers. We we <laughs> drink liquor. We drink beer. We it's drink wine. It's a different wine. thing. I mean, there's yeah. nothing about you know. this that is, has anything to do with beer. I feel like this yeah. is just a different thing. And there's people that that will only drink beer, and there's people that will only drink spirits, but. For the most part, you know, we'll bring these uh, cans in a cooler to a friend's party that has a mixture of beer and our mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, everyone's talking about this stuff because the beer has been around. Well, and for the so gluten long. people are really excited about this because they can go to a party and in the cooler, there's something that they can drink. Yeah, gluten free. And uh, th- and also, if you're going to something that's just a, a vodka soda, one of our vodka soda lines, there's, yeah absolutely no gluten and then zero carbs the calories are coming from alcohol so we'll never have something that's you know zero calories because it takes calories to you know it takes energy to burn off that alcohol but yeah did uh, you ever blow yourself up no <laughs> no i, 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 <laughs> hope, yeah, I, I, I that's I what i always hear do. about with spirits they're like yeah. yeah it's one thing to make beer but if once you start making spirits it gets infinitely more dangerous yeah it's you know the, the way i i kind of tell people if if you're following the the laws of of San Diego, and you know we we have a whole room that's uh, classified as a highly explosive room uh, with sniffers that sniff out for alcohol. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is every day they go to a gas station and they're pumping fuel into their car. Same thing. And it's uh, yeah. you know if right, you, right. the I, I've seen people smoking ten feet away from the pump or mm-hmm. you know so yeah we we take things more seriously than a gas station uh so so you're not moonshining we sh- yeah we, sh- we shouldn't have any issues yeah okay so you do what rum gin vodka whiskey those are, are those the four yeah we have and tequila uh, yeah and tequila what's the hardest to make um whiskey because of the aging yeah the the whiskey you know has to go through the aging process and um i guess the hardest thing is is when you're when you're making a clear whiskey and then aging it in a brand new american oak is 
you know, there are different recipes you're kicking around and uh, you don't really know what it tastes like until it comes out of the wood. So you're you're kind of playing the waiting game. and It's like cooking in a pressure cooker. Once you put it in the pressure cooker, you can't taste it right. along the way until it's done. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a, you know, the white, the white rum is coming off the still. You can take a little sample of that. And you can pretty much know what it's going to taste like. The gin comes right off the still. It's virtually ready to drink coming off. Same, you know, same with vodka. Uh, but, yeah, that, that whiskey is going to be the hardest. But... Um, it's also that extra little bit of labor that I think uh, makes it one of my favorites. To drink. And you do all of this in San Diego, right? Yeah, if if you come to our distillery, you can actually take a tour. You and did see it right, Archie? Yeah, it was fascinating. It was so cool. Yeah, and very Instagrammable. I'll say. I saw you could see the cans like spinning on the machines and getting yeah, you filled see how and the labeling and all that done. stuff. It's really and, interesting, and, that's and it's an amazing tasting room too. Yeah, and we have the tasting room and kitchen, and then. You know, one of the things that's really cool for me is when I go to a place and they won't let me see what's going on, I immediately start going, well, what's going on why? here? Yeah, why, why can't I see? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, for people to come back and, and see cans, like you said, whizzing off the line at a couple hundred cans a minute, um, big tanks full of stuff and, you know, the distillery actually, you know, making product, uh, it's it, it has that buy-in. And I think that's what we had at Ballast, too. By people, by inviting people in to take our tours and try our products, we, you know, we we had the buy-in of the of the community, and and I try to invite as many people as I can to come up and tour. Um, I know there's been, you know, tequila companies that invite people down to to Mexico. Right. Um, you know, Fortaleza has crushed it by, uh, you know, that here in San Diego, they've they've made a huge mark on by getting people down to to try their products. We'll so make sure to link you guys if you're listening yep. at DanielMagazine.com. If you want to go up and take a tour, we'll, we'll put a link to the details on that for you. How big is Cutwater now in yeah. terms of footprint? How many employees do you have? You Can you talk about annual sales? <laughs> or states, annual yeah. sales. Yeah. I want to know exactly how much money you made today. <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, unfortunately, I can't even tell you that myself. Oh, come uh, on. Ballpark it. I know a guy who could. Yeah, you know, from what I can speak of is, like I said, about 26 states of distribution right now. Um, think soon to be 28 um, those you know states it, it might be city you know just a few cities kind of right. high spot it throughout the the country where we think the market is going to be uh, for that product um, as far as employees I think we're right about a hundred employees right now awesome and uh, that'll be both uh, the folks that work in the kitchen um, to distillers uh, packaging folks sales folks all that mixed together so for a, a company that's only been around for about a year, year and a half, uh, 100 employees, it's, uh, I, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, you're really, you're, you're just sucking. Uh, <laughs> the, um, okay, so our most popular, um, just in base spirit, because obviously you guys sell, do you sell base spirit? You yeah. Do. So we also, not only with, the, so the line has all the spirits that you can buy and you can make your own products with. So the you know the fugu vodka the old grove gin oh yeah uh, we should say that so there's the canned share. cocktails that are done and made mm-hmm. but you can buy just the booze yeah. right yeah so there's you know there's the whole line of whatever you're seeing going into the can itself uh will be available as a base spirit and yeah, what's um, most popular it's got to be the whiskey yeah if we had enough whiskey you know we we, okay. we don't have enough whiskey unfortunately because it has to age um so you'll you'll be seeing the whiskey coming in the years ahead uh but right now you know we sell a lot of gin a lot of vodka, okay. um, and the the kind of sleeper I think that's out there is the the barrel aged rum. It's uh, it's amazingly close to whiskey. We use uh, 
organic evaporated sugar cane, but we age it in brand new American oak barrels that have never seen any other spirit. So it's nice. got that full bourbon-like flavor minus the corn base of bourbon. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm loving it and, you know, classic bourbon cocktails, Manhattan, old-fashioned, and uh, the price point on it's just amazing for, for uh, being an aged product. Awesome. And a trick is right now, I think the bottles call out two years, we're primarily bottling up four and a half to five year old stock right now, so it's uh, for the money. I, I oh, it's, nice! It's a sleeper. All right, and, wh- and what's the number one selling um, can? Uh, you got the vodka soda, gin and tonic, vodka mule, rum and cola, um, highball, bloody mary. Um, you got- I, I think the the leaders right now are the mule and uh, the gin and tonic, okay. and probably the bloody mary close behind it. The fact that the bloody mary has alcohol in it, it's ten percent ABV. You can take that, throw it in your golf bag or, you know. <laughs> on you your know, boat. Boating on your people boat. love it. The a lot of boats have these cans. San Diego boating, <laughs> should everyone should have these cans. <laughs> they it's, do. It's, they, I, I, I'm a boating be. person and everybody's yeah. got those. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we could talk to you all day I here. I know. Seriously. This is an hour and a half podcast, but I've got so many more questions. I know. So right. many more things to talk about. Um, we're going to link to all of this stuff. We'll make sure to link to Cutwater if you guys want to go take a tour. I'm sure that there'll be something in San Diego Magazine coming up. Um, well, Troy named um, Cutwater Spirits the oh, right. best spirits in our best restaurants. It's kind issue. of a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we always end our show with what we call small bites. Two people, 50 bucks. Um, our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately. Uh, and it's that time. So two people, 50 bucks. Troy, where would you well, send I want to start with Yusef, actually. Yusef, oh. two people, 50 bucks. Come on, you thought about it, right? So th- this is the problem. If, if I name anywhere that has our product, it's a, it's a violation. So I can't. Oh uh, no way! So I can't. I can't oh. go there. Um, Wait, that's so interesting. Okay. Really? Well, then name a place but I, that, that I, doesn't have your product. There you go. I was going to say there's a place that doesn't serve any of our product because they only have beer license, and it's called Blue Water. And I hate to do this because they're already too crowded. Oh um, yeah. And, no. You know, but uh, it's it's the best uh, little taco seafood. It's spot. right down in like South Mission Hills by El Indio and on India Street. And they're kind opening of by one in Ocean Beach as well, I believe. Am I yes, g- you are right. And Sometime I am, I later. Am. You know, yeah. I, I just remember too, they happen to be our uh, th- our housemates at Petco Park where we actually have the still in Petco. And uh, Blue Water is the uh, the food of the food that's paired with our stuff there they so. are they cool. are fantastic and it's i didn't local. even that it wasn't even nicole just reminded me of that i'm like oh yeah you know when you have a lot of stuff going on you need somebody to be like we also have that buddy <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's going yeah, yeah. um I, for, for me um i would have to say uh Archon, what's up um well i'm not just saying this because yusuf is sitting right across from me but the edit team went to the cutwater spirits tasting room last week and we had such a oh, nice yeah, there's lunch. a full restaurant and yeah menu there. so you can go take a tour and then you can actually sit in the tasting room which by the way all of us were sort of gawking at how beautiful that place is i mean miramar office park you don't necessarily think too much but the design is beautiful it's very modern and clean there's really cool art um, I got a fried chicken sandwich. We got a plate of hummus. We got some, there's good vegan stuff. I mean, there's something for everybody. And I'm not a big drinker, but everyone who had cocktails said it was so smooth. And it was 11 a.m. on a Monday, and we were all very happy. I've noticed that most people who say I'm not a big drinker are the biggest drinkers. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> okay, you well should have seen me in college. Different time. <laughs> we'll make sure to link to that. Um, 
again, 17 times we're going to just link to all the different parts of your website. Everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that you guys can go try it. Thank you so much, Yusef, for joining us. Uh, And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you go to sdmag.com slash... 100 because our 100th episode is coming up and you could join us. Correct? I used, David, to, w- is there I used still to work time? there at Hornblower. Did Troy, I said this? In case you haven't ever heard that. <laughs> Troy used to work there. Uh, no, it'll be a fun time. A happy hour cruise for our 100th episode. A couple of surprises on board. So make sure you go to sdmag.com slash 100. Sign up for a chance to win tickets. Thank you. Thank you, Yusef. Thank you.